Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Oh, you hey. can hear me for the first time on, on FaceTime. What you mean? Remember how you usually call me and then you can't hear me to begin with? <laughs> I'm telling you, because I have such limited knowledge of how to use this thing, it's really just a shot in the dark. Like, sometimes I gotta click it over, sometimes I don't. It's a mess. But also, remember, I'm nursing, quote unquote, my computer. I'm nursing. Remember who said that? Is that Richard? (laughs) That sounds exactly like something he would say. So, (laughs) you like, you still nursing that joint? Yes. Thank you. It was funny, though. I I wasn't offended. My computer's mad old. 2015. Oh, dang. Okay, I don't know how long these usually. My mom was talking about getting her a new computer. I'm like, you got your computer like after me, like maybe two years after me, and I got mine in 2016. No, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> you do not need a new computer. I'm riding my to the wheels for a lot. We need a new battery. We can only go an hour and a half before it's time to recharge. My speakers don't work. I gotta use headphones all the time. And it's not like an air fryer if Zoom, GarageBand, and um, iMovie are open. But you know what? Those those three are are big. Yeah, I couldn't have those three of those open either. It don't crash, surprisingly. Yeah, let me not go. (laughs) I got iMovie open right now. Because I don't even put nothing open. No, even GarageBand and and Zoom together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I called Zoom before I called you the first time. Because I was like, I'm going to forget. And then she's going to start revving up. Mm Mm-mm. But you know what? She she's thirty. Go ahead, girl. Period. Um. Okay. It's pretty short, I think, for news this week. First, I just wanted to um bring everyone's attention to there's a, a article in the New York Times about Sphinx. I didn't realize. I guess I did realize. Maybe I probably saw it somewhere. But this year's the twenty fifth anniversary. Um, What's that? I feel like okay. Well, maybe that was twenty. Yeah, but I'm like, dang, that was five years ago. I feel Did like I? we celebrated something in my in recent memory. Yeah, when did we go to the first Sphinx. That was 2018. 2018 or 2017. 2018. And what year is it now? So it's been six years. Six. Yeah. So maybe maybe our first year was a 20th anniversary. I feel like we celebrated. Isn't something. that four? Am I bugging? <laughs> <laughs> Since 2018, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't even have an excuse. I'm not tired. I'm just a little slow. I almost, I almost didn't even say nothing because when it comes to doing math, I, so I always, I always be like, I'm sure you're right because <laughs> I can't like math. It. I don't know what I was. I was thinking 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause oh, wait, well, did you know. go before me, or was mm-hmm. that your first year too? That was my first one too. Oh, cause you knew them. So you knew them from something else. Cause I remember yeah, you knew I people knew from gateways. Oh right, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it was just lavish. Yeah, cause I feel like I remember. Maybe that was earlier this year. Like, I've been seeing stuff, um, and I just forgot. But it's the twenty fifth anniversary. New York Times put out a story. 
um, about it, where they're talking to Afa, who leads the organization these days. And um, yeah, if you're interested, you should look at some of the stuff that they're doing and some of the stuff that she's saying. They also talked to Aaron Dworkin, um, the founder of Sphinx. So. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Um, I would link that in the description. The bigger, well, almost like big, but you know what I mean. The longer story that we're talking to, that we're talking about, um, just came out of the New York Philharmonic. Basically, they are officially a majority women orchestra. Majority is extremely narrow. There are forty-five women and forty-four men, <laughs> but it's a majority no. nonetheless. A win is a win, and yeah. So apparently, um, it has been all male for the mo- for most of its 180 years. If you don't know, the New York Philharmonic is the oldest orchestra in America. Um, and so when they first moved to Lincoln Center in 1962, apparently the hall had no women's dressing rooms because there were no women in the orchestra at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, that's crazy. Um, they're saying that the female majority might not we'll, we'll see how long it lasts because there's actually 16 vacancies because there was no auditions over the pandemic and whatever um so they're about to be holding auditions for a lot of stuff everybody get your excerpts out you said what they have three viola openings is that so so let's clear it up number one i'm not ready to take an orchestra uh, audition that big well are they taking it right now um january february see there you go Number two, anytime they got 76, uh, every time they have 76 openings, if they lose their damn minds, they, so you get start getting cut for nothing. They try to, they weed people out. They put in, they put in the first excerpt down one. I, it ain't that bad, but you know what I mean? Like they, they weeded people out. And number three, they want arpeggioni sonata. If we could be anything we want to be, let's be for real. <laughs> No, I'm not learning no. a movement. I'm not learning a movement in arpeggioni. Oh, you want movement? Come on, Katie. No, man, I'm not doing that. It's a one little baby movement. And also, I, I I feel like Jen would be would object, and she would be in the right to do so. It's a waste of time. It's it's. I'm not ready for that an audition that big, and they're gonna be too picky because there's gonna every VOS in America gonna pull up, and I don't want to waste time learning a sonata. You know what? That might be in your favor because they be so picky they're not gonna hire nobody because they wait. That's for you. not. And also they have they literally have New York. That audition's gonna be full to the brim. They it's gonna be on. They gonna be on the. What was that orchestra Cincinnati that had two hundred violas go for them three openings a couple years back? It's gonna oh be something my like gosh. that. Gosh. And remember crazy. that there's Manhattan, Manis, and Julia right there. That's gonna be a waste of time. Eastman. Which is not okay, right there, which but is, it's there. Which is on your resume. So what's that supposed to be? Oh, okay, this one's a bad. <laughs> yeah. <because. laughs> okay, take that off. Curtis. Like, no, that's not take that off. And it's really about, I meant vicinity. I don't mean, like the excerpt on the list. The only thing that um would give me trouble on that list is Appalachian Spring. But it's like regular stuff down one stuff like that it's not nothing out the regular only thing that they asking for and also they asking for a non-prelude movement are y'all y'all want to y'all want a recital why do you want a non-prelude moving a box 
why? Well, you know, some orchestras, you know, they be having a little chamber music situation sometimes. So I guess that's probably why they do like a little recital series. Girl, you can hear me. You can hear what I got to give you on the prelude that every other orchestra asked for. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. That's so specific. I gotta be non prelude. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look it up. Let me look up what what is our petty? How's that even go? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not the hard one. Wait. Oh, it is that one, isn't it? Let me see. Anyway, oh, y'all be yeah, blessed. that's the third movement, though. That you that's third sang, movement. What's how, what, what is, how does it? No, you, the first thing you sung, that's the first movement. That's how it opens, but what is what is the fast part that it goes to? It doesn't. Yeah. They sound so similar. Wait, sing it one more time. Yeah, they do sound. Oh, girl. Uh, what's it? It's like. Okay, okay. Wait, I think that's the third movie. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's gonna kill me. I gotta look it up, man. Not me morphing into a third movement. Yeah, especially because I don't have a strong sense of pitch, so I can't like I, I can't do it as accurately as um as you would need to differentiate because they both have that like like they yeah. both have that that in it. Third movement goes. Yeah. Now that was nice. Yeah, I was just listening to that well bass version. It's cute. Yeah, yeah. It is cute, but I'm not learning it. <clears throat> How does it go? Here it go. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. I see. It's cute. Oh, it is cute. I'm See? not learning it though. It's oh. cute though. I've always wanted to play it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Your opportunity. Mm-hmm. Get somebody opportunity. else. Opportunity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I mean I'll ask Jim, but I think I don't like I don't like wasting my time. Well, ten out of their twelve most recent hires have been women, so you could be in the number. Um. They also pointed out in the article that there are some um, measures by which it's still not uh, very equal. Women only hold about third of the leadership positions in the orchestra, meaning principal, associate, and assistant principal positions, um, even though they're now majority. Um, and then some sections, you know, of course, the percussion section, all men, I'm sure. I don't think there's a woman in the bass section now, um, right now. There could be. But I don't Are think there? so. Oh, there's no women in the MSO section. Hold on. Um, I never noticed. But apparently, huh. 27, 27 of the 30 violinists in the New York Philharmonic are women. I was like, dang. Hmm. I was not. I was not expecting that that split for violin. Because it's just like, it's not really a. It's not really a. I feel like it's not really a dominated instrument either way. Yeah. So, you know, but period. 
one of the auditions. Um, they say that um, there was a, a huge uptick in women after they introduced um, blind auditions. They screen all the way through, or was that the Met? You said, do they screen all the way through? Yeah, or was that the Met? One of them do that all the way through. I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to find where they said that, but um, yeah, there's still, and then of course the diversity element is still, uh, racial diversity element is still. Is there one black person uh, in the orchestra? Anthony McGill. That's right. Mm-hmm. He might that be the only one, though. I think he's the only one at this point. New York, their New York Phil is very transparent about all day. They got a whole bunch of stuff. You ever want you ever bored, you wanna thumb through something. They got a whole bunch of stuff on the archives. Yeah. And I'm glad because they are the oldest, so that's yeah. that's nice. They have old programs. They have their first program. Wow. I remember I was looking at that. I was using it to defend my presentation my lecture recital and I got argued with I'm like of literal facts. I know the past is difficult for us to come to grips with. Oh girl. Like you, this man was arguing with me with fat. I w- I never want to see him again. These are facts. I pulled it from their archive. There are no blacks. Let me not let me say black people because I'm that's a joke. I don't want y'all to start saying that. There are no black people, and they made they tried to they there was an effort they did. What's that dude's name? Bernstein. I think I think he uh, he tried to have he did something. I gotta I, I it's slipping my mind, but. He, they made some effort. They were trying to find black people to be in an orchestra in the 1960s, 70s, trying to look for names, trying to do it, trying to figure out something. So that was kind of cool to read. I'm like, okay. Because somebody, some organization called them out. It was like, how come there's no black people in this organ, in this um, orchestra? Very fascinating stuff. Lots of stuff. If you ever, this is the time of year that I'm, I find myself bored. Not now. But like you know, around Christmas time, mm-hmm. we just sitting around. You might want to thumb through it. It's a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, they said that. So they got their first female member. Let me see. So they it was founded in eighteen forty two, and their first female member was in nineteen twenty two. She okay. said for, she was a um. Okay. <laughs> that was the year her sorority was founded. If y'all hundred years, that, how good y'all. Um, and she was a harpist from Vienna. She stayed for ten years, and then after she left, it was all men again for several decades, until 1966, which is when Oren O'Brien joined the orchestra. Which is crazy oh, because the second I was right then, uh, woman in the orchestra was a bassist, and that's crazy to me. That's very interesting. How yeah. long have you done? You know, any dig into like like a woman's experience playing the bass like and how it's changed that might be kind of fascinating i mean remember when how was it for came her out? yeah what thing? that what whole thing, thing came out like a couple years ago and it was like it was a bunch of women bass players they wrote this thing about how that's right it's gone now a lot of dudes was mad at that I think because they blur some people's faces out and some not. So I think some people was like mad being associated with that. But it's like, they're not saying that you did that, you know, but it's like you are, you know, 
whatever the whole thing it's gone now um because i remember thinking about it and like trying to find it again and i guess they took it off the internet um but yeah 1966 not only are you the only woman in the bass section you're the only woman in the orchestra that had to be terrible it had to be i mean she's still Warner Bros. i know somebody took a lesson with her so i've heard some things but um i bet i bet <laughs> Working in an environment like that, listen, I ain't making no assumptions about old girl. I don't even know her, but if she if she's an asshole, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I feel I like an environment somebody, like that might make you callous. Oh, sorry, what you say? No, I'm about to say I wonder if somebody. I mean, I'm sure she's done interviews, but like somebody like really took her story because Orrin O'Brien is 87. Um, yeah, and she taught at Juilliard for a while too, and a bunch of. Um, other places but they said in the 1970s when they started doing blind auditions is when it, there was an uptick by 1992 there were 29 women in the orchestra amazing but it's like was like it still was bad like so they put in the article some of the like discrimination that women faced even once they got a spot and um the fact that okay so Zubin Meta Meta whatever how you say his name um he went on record in 1970 saying that he didn't think that women should be in orchestras because they quote become men um what and, <laughs> girl i don't know and and it's linked in the in the articles it's like a lot hyperlink you can actually read what he said and then guess what six years later new york phil hired him as a music director you know what's very interesting about this orchestra thing? Okay, so wasn't it like, you remember like watching Amadeus and like period pieces and like how women like. I've never seen young, Amadeus. Okay, I don't, that doesn't surprise me. But like, you know how like <laughs> in period pieces, like women like play instruments, like that's what they spend their days doing. Like they play instruments and read while the men like go to war. And. I want to know like what the breakdown like where how do we go from women be body in the violin piano harp whatever to no women in orchestras like how did that how was that possible when women were staying at home playing instruments well they did touch on part of the reason um that women were discouraged for from pursuing careers in music so maybe like even if they oh, were playing and also that they were not allowed to many were not allowed to attend concerts in the evening if they weren't accompanied by a man so life you can't even go to work you know yeah (laughs) you got to do the sunday matinee only you know a life um and then you know you have other orchestras like vienna vienna philharmonic didn't even allow women to audition until 1997 i feel like I wouldn't even want to work in that orchestra. 1997 is crazy. <laughs> 1997 is crazy. Like, I am four. And y'all was like, yup. Oh, wow. Like, because you got people, women in these, or like some people who are interviewed for this article who have been in New York Phil since the 80s. Like, you literally could not go to Vienna and take an audition. You are principal, whatever, of the New York Philharmonic. You cannot take an audition. In Vienna. Hmm. That's crazy. Um, I'm still stuck on you have to be accompanied by a man to go out that night. 
Yeah. And these are the same people telling us that love love ain't the same no more. Everybody getting divorced. I'm like, baby, you had to be married. <laughs> you literally <laughs> did. Yeah, because <laughs> women, there was restrictions on women some, and couldn't even open a bank account. Like, yeah. Until like the 70s. Like, that was still going. You had no choice, Buki. Yeah, like a lot of they, a lot of y'all grandmamas had y'all granddaddy around because they had to. <laughs> Talk about mom, grandmama, stay with pop pop through every yeah, right? Sure she, yeah, what you mean? What else? She, what else she finna do? <laughs> Wait, she she divorced that man. Now she a trollop. Right. Come on now. Um, uh, Judith Leclerc, who's the first woman to take over um a principal position um in the New York Philharmonic. Um, joined as principal bassoon in 1981. She said that um, she's not black. She, no, oh. they probably they that was you know still getting around to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think around that time is when they probably hired their first black person. I'm blanking on his name, um, but I can picture his face. Um, but she said that she even then she has to fight to be paid as much as her male colleagues. She has to hire a lawyer to negotiate her contracts, and it took at least. 20 years before she reached uh pay equality she said jesus that is crazy and then it's like some people be like oh you know why'd you stay because you literally have to like you, yeah what you mean couldn't go to vienna so <laughs> like because she want to play yeah so in a, like it's not she, like she, other orchestras was doing much better right you might as well be in this in this orchestra and and figure it out yeah um there are some other ones like I think it said that St. Louis Symphony has been majority women for a few years, um, or actually they said decades. So shout out to them. Um, but there's even some stuff like in until 2018, New York Phil required women to wear dresses or skirts. Like they could not wear pants at a concert until 2018, which as we what? established was four years ago. <laughs> no, I'm just right, just then. Quan quan quan. That is crazy. The way I would laugh in your face, I love. I have never worn a skirt to a concert. Oh, I prefer. I like gowns, so I always wear a gown. I've literally never in my life. I started. No, sometimes I think towards the end, I did start. You know, every now and then wearing pants to a concert. Um, but yeah, I think just cause it was like the, oh my gosh, concert, like once I, you know, was able to get yeah. like a gown, I was never like wearing, I would never have any other reason to wear a gown. So mm-hmm. I, I always wore, um, a gown or a, or a skirt, but sometimes, you know, you're getting ready real quick or I wore, um, a jumpsuit sometimes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, I swear my legs open. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to be comfortable. Okay. It's floor length. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Oh, we um, roll, roll three got a show, right? Okay. <laughs> um, they're also you know keeping an eye on New York Field because their music director is leaving in twenty twenty four. Um, there's only one woman a music director at the top twenty five orchestra since Marin also left. Now Natalie Stutzman is Where's um Atlanta. Hmm. So, you know, they keeping a little eye out um, to see who New York chooses as their next music director. But we'll see. And also, um, Seattle. That's right. Still haven't heard. That's what they, they, this will be the season. Well, then why don't y'all go look over at Seattle? Because you think the New York Field Church of God in Christ going to let y'all wear, uh, going to hire a woman? 
<laughs> Look to Seattle, Mookie. Save your save your feelings. Cause that is crazy. Yeah, they still have it. Cause that oh, that was last year. Yeah, they did say it wouldn't be this season. So by next season, they will have a. They should have announced um, the next music director. You should have said the the music director thing before you said the skirt thing. Cause now I'm convinced it's gonna be a man. Yeah, I, I don't have high hopes for that. To be honest, one thing I almost forgot to say before I wrapped it up. Um, right before we turned the mics on, I saw somebody like post this story that that women are now outnumbering men for the first time in the new york field and somebody commented why should we care i'm just like i mean you actually don't have to like but you're the one that took time out your day to be commenting on this so what a loser um oh and also shout out to the minnesota orchestra that yup <laughs> for their Black Friday uh meme their um social media person ate so shut up I her. was like let me find out big Minnesota not the little one <laughs> period yeah. go y'all should go over to the Instagram you all will see who we talking about um and she posted also I follow her on Twitter their social media director or whatever and she posted the engagements on it and i was like see i bet you they don't have nothing that even is even close nothing to this. close it was crazy wait is like, she or i can't see you she white if you ask asking that's what, i can't see you <laughs> but if that's okay. what you're asking i know i was like okay she's staying tapped in my bad oh me. look that's, no pun intended look, right tapped in <laughs> that was so clever yeah and different like why not Somebody was like, this is creepy and inappropriate. Creepy. Creepy. Inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> I was like, y'all are allergic Sweetie to fun. walking. Y'all hate fun. <laughs> creepy and inappropriate. What, what should it have been? Enlighten us. Right. <clears throat> right. But yeah. That's my news this week. I'm, I'm updating my phone to make sure that by any means necessary, I take that thing out. I do not want to freak <clears throat> Okay, so I, I realized I forgot to tell you the intermission, but don't worry. Um, so I was on Twitter over the break. By the way, how was your break? It was all right. I Did mean, we still break? in it right now. Yeah. Hey, I was horizontal yeah. for most of it. It was fantastic. Uh-uh. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm making some progress on my little my little channel. So, oh, finally, period. It is mm. consistent. It's not enough, but it's consistent. Listen, period. Um, I was on Twitter running my mouth, and I saw Delaney oh. tweet something to the effect of, "I didn't save the tweet." Something to the effect of, "I want to say something about classical music, but I don't feel like." Oh, I don't feel like hearing y'all opinions. So I want to hear what I want to hear some of those, and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why. So the other day I tweeted uh, about like there's a, there has been a noticeable shift that has been pissing me off in music education. It has been this shift to making children play orchestral excerpts, and it makes me mad because especially like teaching here, I feel like in the state of New York. It, it was a lot different 
<clears throat> the way they did stuff. And Illinois had the, the typical like all state thing, but the pieces were appropriate. Like my my first and only time. My first time, my first only time placing in Allstate because my district was like very competitive and also I couldn't really play like that. So there's two reasons, but I will say I was in a very competitive district. Um, in eighth grade, the the excerpts were a piece by Suni Niebold, which is a a very well known um children's composer. I guess you would call her. Um, probably level four, maybe level three, and Ida Connor Knox music, the development perfectly perfectly appropriate for eighth grade can i stay in time do i not bounce my bow and can i play in tune that is literally it is it was so appropriate i ended up placing in the top 10 viols i think no top eight because my teacher prepared me well perfectly appropriate meanwhile in tennessee I have kids playing Major Figaro. Why am I giving you tenth grader my my bowings and my fingerings? <laughs> there and it's like, well, the kids can play. I'm like, there's really no reason to play that stuff because it just made me so mad because it's just like, it, and so people started chiming in. I had to get off my chest because literally the next day I had a, a friend of mine text me. She's like, hey, what are your what are your fingerings for? Um, what are your fingerings for? Most are thirty five. Um, my eighth grade is playing it. I'm like Mozart, thirty-five. Yeah, what? I was like, I'm like the same excerpt that I can only play like three or four times before my fingers lock up, and I'm a professional. I was eighth grade. I was avoiding that excerpt like the plague in college. Do you know that excerpt takes out people today in auditions? That Mozart, thirty-five will be on almost every first round viola audition. It's gonna be on almost everyone. You're asking an eighth grade. That's my finger. Eighth grade is crazy. Eighth grade, eighth grade is, is it's it's stupid. I was like, when I, I saw the text and I was like, I'm thinking like I saw the preview. I'm like thinking like, oh yeah, like whatever. Like I could do it from my bed. When I opened I saw Monster 35, I was like, girl, let me just get up and go to my stand and take a picture of my part for you. So you can <laughs> just copy. I'm like, there's no reason for an eighth grade to be playing that. So I tweeted about that. People been chiming in. There's people playing doing Mendelssohn scared so and and this is my thing this is my thing with the problem with that so whatever you have your big you have your big program you got stuff to prove or whatever like that what's the point of playing the piece if it's not going to be done well so you get it up to speed right everybody playing on the string so you play it below tempo everybody everybody playing off the string but it's it's the wrong stroke Medicine scares you to the Sautier stroke. I don't care what high school you have. You would have to been playing since you were in in um third grade. And it, you since you were three. What about to, to say, pull since you was in Pampers? Literally, like, like there is no there's there's no reason to ask for that. Maybe the flute girls can do it. It's gonna be out of tune. The key is hard. The ensemble is hard. And normally, also you have one day to put it together. What are they learning from that? So that's what I was um that's what I was complaining about. And I wanted to hear what Delaney a lot of people were, it was really dumb. People playing Brahms hiding variations in high school. I'm like, there are so many pieces you could play in high school. And it's like and you're saying like, oh, the kids are getting better and better. I'm like, they're literally not. They're playing the same stuff that we were playing. Like, there there's there's no kid and then it's like, well, oh, you know, they got the private teachers and stuff like that. And I'm like, it don't matter. And I'm like, y'all are missing 
y'all are missing and also like the the teachers aren't even good enough to, t- to teach it and this one girl was like i hope you're not saying those who teach can't teach whatever da-da-da, whatever the phrase goes and i'm like i don't know where you got that from but i would just read what i wrote and then just yeah. take girl. it <laughs> she's like well you said like they can't teach it. i'm like yeah well first of all that's i, I don't want to hurt y'all feelings on there but a lot of y'all can't a lot of y'all can't play y'all can't teach and y'all can't play <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i feel like maybe i struck a nerve with you but like if, if it struck a nerve like maybe go dust off your instrument start practicing a lot of y'all can't do both and that's not, that's not even like a jab at private teachers i know a lot of private teachers that play well i mean public school teachers i know a, I, I had i went to, to isu with people who are playing circles around the performance majors so i don't know who you went to school with or who, what you doing or what you got going on but that's why like i've literally never been in the studio i've never been around a teacher one of the one of the things that was drilled into me as education majors you must know how to play your instrument like and that's why i had the choice to pursue performance after so you're talking to the wrong girl you're talking to the wrong girl and i mean she, i don't have any information on my twitter you don't know what school i went to whatever but i was in education first so why would i be talking about those who can't do teach that's stupid and also y'all think about classical music so much if we even zoom out why would i even say something like that when there are teachers who are teaching the next astrophysicists and all that other stuff so you just sound like you you got something packing to do bookie why don't you go practice your instrument <laughs> y'all are y'all are teaching y'all want there was an excerpt for all state for all west in memphis this year that required second position to do a trill and my student came to um lessons doing it in the first position looking at me like i'm the i'm the idiot and i was like so baby girl run it back to me how you gonna do a trill from third finger to open strength to open e show me how that worked. y'all can't like <laughs> okay now people are liking it too hold on why did i see this at the time i'm about to talk about i don't want to because i went to find a tweet so i could find out who said that she was like, I hope you're not saying those who can't do it. And I was, it was a little shady. Like, I would never come for educators too much. But I think a lot of people, like, as a former public school teacher, okay, I really prided myself in knowing how to play my instrument. I worked my butt off in undergrad. Not all of it. Kate will tell you that. My teacher will tell you that. I didn't really start picking up the pace until, like, sophomore year. But I really, I really wanted to be a good violist because how can you teach something that you cannot play? See... And then, and yeah, I'm like, how did she? She didn't read that carefully because it, it says, um, "I would best I would bet my last red cent that most school orchestra directors can't play them well enough to teach them." That doesn't mean they can't play them, so they teach them. That means they cannot play them well enough, and that they cannot teach it well enough. Like, so that means you bad at both. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like you. I struck a nerve like yeah it sounds like the shoe fit that reminds me there's a couple in my in my little folder um of reactions of like the one that says twitter is the only place where well articulated sentences will still get misinterpreted you can say i like pancakes and somebody would say so you hate waffles said no that's a whole new sentence what are you talking about (laughs) like like that one and the thing that's like, hi there, I'm a random weirdo who doesn't follow you. Just wanted to let you know that I misinterpreted your post in a bizarrely specific way. And now I'm fucking furious about some shit you didn't say. <laughs> Could you spare 20 minutes or so for me to explain why this is your fault? <laughs> that's really how it is on Twitter. Literally. No, for real. And I went back and forth because I felt like, you know, I be, I feel like also my shade 
depends on I've just seen I've been in a lot of classrooms I've been very fortunate I've also moved around a lot it's something but Rick Raff and rigmarole okay that's I'm telling you I'm telling you the teachers there are teachers who think they're very good at their job meanwhile meanwhile 100 percent of their students a lot of orchestras my high school senior symphony orchestra private lessons were a requirement to be in the ensemble so you over here bootlicking teachers in the state literally you gotta ask so there are some teachers who are famous you go oh my god carmel carmel indiana they have a great program i'm sure they do when private lessons are required you are working on ensemble there are teachers who have to teach everything so it's like I I really I've really been noticing some stuff with education. It really just be making me mad. I'm just like y'all are just so off y'all damn rockers when it comes to certain stuff. Y'all are making y'all kids play. What we what we play next? Uh, Ride of Spring for the All West. You have you don't even it, it also like just the way the 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 so many stuff that doesn't even make sense. You're making kids play shift in the third position, making seventh grade shift to third position, and they started their instrument in sixth grade. That's dumb. A lot of this, a lot of dumb stuff going on. And that's why I said, like, at least my high school orchestra teacher, he was in, um, what's that, what's that orchestra called? Quincy, Illinois. There's an orchestra in Quincy, Illinois. He was in that orchestra. He would leave every weekend to go play with them. So at least he could teach us the stuff. Mm-hmm. Y'all are just, like, it's, there's so much stuff that just pisses me off by education. Y'all doing these kids wrong. Y'all can't play. Y'all can't teach. Y'all can't hear nothing. Yeah. I feel like, I'm not no education, like, I know everything like how you you know but um well you know what I mean like you know what you're doing I'm not like no pedagogical like whatever but like even some stuff like like there's a book I mean I I think I was a little biased but there's a book um a method book by um for bass called progressive repertoire there's three of them um and I remember saying somebody who I was working alongside who you know um thought that it went into thumb position too early and that's the thing like about bass like you 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 must learn how to shift like mm-hmm. I was shifting like on my first and second lesson like you yeah. Just, you, yeah, yeah, yeah there's only like one or two scales you can play without shifting um G really one yeah you can right. play G and I'm trying to think if there's another one no wait no wait F you can play F you play E so I don't know open E well, you got to do some uh, weird stuff sharp, to get the... Sharp, a, da, da. Now you have to shift because you Why? can't put the, the D sharp. Oh, duh. Yeah, you got to shift into half position. Oh, or okay. you got to shift into... Or you can do it in second position. But, um, mm. yeah. So you could play that. You could play E. I mean, sorry, you could play G and F. Mm. And, and Yeah without shifting but they're not in the same position because f you can play without shifting but you got to be in half position so if you count you, that gotta be in half yeah but i mean that you can do it you could do it all in one position but you're still not in first position yeah. so because the tape still, is the first finger is f sharp right yeah 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 okay yeah so um you see how i fumbled through all that that's why listen i i don't like touching bass players unless <laughs> it's, it is uh, absolutely obviously i've had bass players in the past when you get to the middle of book one, you got to get a teacher. I, I will not. Cello, <laughs> cello, I will go to the end of book one because I took the pedagogy classes. I, I learned. I pra- I practiced bass, you know, because okay. I was I was like, I do not want to lead no kid astray. I was so paranoid about leading kids astray. 
I practice cello. I took a cello home. I practice cello. I will not say nothing to you after a certain point because the bass starts getting a little dodgy. I start getting confused about <laughs> it's the way it's set up. Don't make it makes sense, obviously, because it's it's a met, it's a methodical instrument. But like the comparison from viola, like yeah. if I put, I could get way more notes in a hand. Y'all got two notes over four fingers. That's crazy. Yeah. Like uh uh-uh. uh, and I only I only know to teach one bow. I don't like teaching students French because it always looks a mess. It always looks a mess. I like yeah, the German bow. I don't even like teaching French because See, French bow. And it, it be making my hand cramp up. I'm so glad. Normally, I would just go with the flow. I remember when I first started playing the bass, they showed us both of the bows and both of the bow holes and asked us to pick which one we wanted to play. And I said German. And then they sent me a French bow. And something told me to say because they were like okay do you want to just keep this one or do you really want to play german something told me i'm so glad i would have never i feel like i would not even be where i'm sitting today okay <laughs> i would have never gone to east i would have never nothing if i was if i played french bro Ugh. it's I just not how, like i don't get how it works it like i see how it works for a cello cause i guess cello is almost identical don't look don't buy my head off don't buy my head off I, just, I don't teach i've never taught french bow for bass but i guess mm-hmm. cello is similar but I feel like cello is different because you sitting down the way it's angled up. Like this yeah, I was gonna you. say it's the yeah. it's the like the angle is just angle. not mm-hmm. of playing the bass with a, with an overhand like bow hold. It's just like you have no. It just the bow is playing you. I feel like yeah, and I feel <laughs> like a, a, German bow. It's like you are holding every part of that bow. Like bow's not gonna do nothing you don't want it to do. Like yeah, it's feel comfortable. I was like, oh, this what y'all going on? I remember the first time I held this like a little teacup. I was like, okay. Like, I can get into it. The bow ain't the problem. It's the left hand. Yes. And the and the balance of it. I've never met a bass player. That's why, like, I've never met a child bass player in public school, just to clarify, or in a some inspired program who's not balancing that bass on that thumb. I'm like, how are you even oh, doing goodness. that? Or they hold me like a football. I'm like, it's too much going on. They, they, I've seen, I, girl, I've seen teachers who have stools and they got, they are behind the bass like a cello. You can, oh, anything goodness. you can imagine, anything, anything you can imagine, you you can see it squarely behind the base. It's crazy. Ooh. To me, I don't understand the problem. You really teach it. It's a, it, it, the thing, the little bout balances in your hip, and it's a teepee. It's the base in your two feet. Mm-hmm. Baby, okay. It's just, it's too much. I feel like. I feel like any bass player, any professional bass player, you go into a bass classroom, you will be mortified. I feel like I'm not, I feel like pizza wrist is not as egregious as what you be seeing with bass players. Because like, yes, because the thumb thing will mess you up for a long time. I'm like, like I almost got life. carpal tunnel in um, high school, not because of putting the weight on my thumb, but because of um, also having um, instruments, the instruments, the action was too high on the strings. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's bad for any instrument, but for a bass player, that's very dangerous because yeah. the amount of force that it takes to, put down a bass string like it like oh my god i couldn't even look over my left shoulder that's how oh bad it got god. it was so painful i like pinched a nerve or something in my in my shoulder and actually my left shoulder i think i don't think i ever fully recovered from that Dang. because i had i had to cut my sophomore jury um i had to cut repertoire because i could not play it like i wow. couldn't um sophomore i couldn't get through the yeah oh. yeah sophomore at eastman oh sure because like i would by the time i got to the third page of Kusovitsky, 
the first movement i was i like i was almost in tears i was like i can't like i can't oh, play it wow so like that's that stuff isn't really no joke like and you over here the bass is like what what is it 20 pounds 15 pounds and all of that's on your thumb yeah y'all should be ashamed of yourselves don't teach it then say you don't offer bass teach cello if yeah. you really don't know what you're doing you could you are hurting kids in a lot more ways than one yeah i'm like thumb ba- like yeah i don't understand how y'all could be like playing basses like that um, the amount of stuff you see it's crazy the stuff you yeah. see but what's the, yours um oh, you gonna say something else I was just gonna say the how I got on the subject was the um person saying that it was too early to go in thumb position, but I really like oh, that. Right, Maybe right. I'm I'm biased because I learned from that book, but I feel like because it's like, I think the way that it goes in thumb position is not too early. Like it's not like it's teaching you gotta be all the way up. Like it's very mm-hmm. it's progressive repertoire because it's that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So like you just learn it that way, and it's um I think it's it's easier to do and then there was another person who was a jazz bassist which i admire jazz bassist because that seems like something i couldn't do but it's also not the same and it was changing my fingerings and i was just like girl let's be for real not like, like jazz bass <laughs> i don't but you know me shut up i don't know nothing about jazz bass i went to this dude's jazz bass recital and when he took he pulled out a bow i was like what's going on yeah so, they, do like, they do be bowing they they dabble <laughs> but um <laughs> Just like we dabble in pizzicato, I feel like that's oh, that's fair. That's fair. There's my pet peeve. Oh, here we go. Because I was like trying to think of one. My pet. I thought peeve. you had a whole. I was like, what's C? You said you had. I was a sweet. I should try to. Find oh, it. I can't say it. I can't say it on here. I would tell you. I could tell you later, but I can't say it. Oh, you, it, I thought you had multiple. The way I read it, I thought you had multiple things you wanted to say. Oh no, I said I have a I have a classical music pet peeve. Um, but I said it's one of those things that's not worth the argument or something like that i thought when you said it wasn't worth the argument first of all i read it too fast so here i go i'm one of the twitter girls i thought you had multiple things that you wanted to say and i also thought you meant that it wasn't worth the argument because you didn't want to deal with the replies oh I yeah know. yeah that's what i meant so you can say it on twitter but you can say it on here no i said i can't say it on here but you can say it on twitter so <laughs> it can't be that bad i'm trying to gauge so i know what you're gonna say you can say it on twitter but you can't say it on here which means it's not that bad no, I can't say it on Twitter either. I didn't say it. Oh, yeah, I never said it because we people was in the comments. Other. We keep people was in the comments like, "Girl, what is it now? You gotta say it. Go on, go on." And I replied, "I was like, Yo, I'm not saying it." Like, <laughs> I thought you okay. We we were, we were missing each other and understanding. I thought you meant like you didn't want to deal with the back and forth that people would have with you once you said it. I didn't know that it was something that you just couldn't say because it's egregious or out of line, out of pocket, whatever. I mean, I didn't both? want it. It's both. It's oh, both okay, okay, because okay, okay, it's okay, not okay. egregious, but I put it in the replies like it's because it was something that a specific person did. Like I would have to reference a specific person. Like I didn't want to be like calling them, you know. Ah, okay, I see. I see. And I knew, and it was also that because I knew that because of it would apply to that person that they were gonna reply. I see. And then oh. there would be a back and forth between. Yeah. Okay. Here I yeah. go. I'm here. Um. Oh, but that was one of my things. I would say, in playing in orchestras, is like, I don't know if y'all have this problem, but pizzicato, like how people like do not 
regarded as something that needs to be like practiced and like needs to be like you need to have like some technique about it that was one of my my pet peeves in the bass section they would be thumping away and it's like this be- <laughs> like i'm just like you're not here this does not fit with this it would piss me off so bad and i'm not one of those people that be backseat driving i feel like we're all in the same place and i trust i i try to trust uh my section to know when they've made a mistake because you know how people be craning their neck and turning around and looking yeah. at people like i don't be doing that because it's like we first of all we sitting here right here in the same section you know like you got ears too but that's one thing that would make me so mad they would be thump 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 and it's like this gorgeous <laughs> melody going on pianissimo and here you go like come on bro <laughs> be for real that's why I like playing a press in the orchestra because like, you heard that note, you gonna keep you you playing your notes, I'm playing my notes. But by the concert, it's gonna be fine. That's why you should like no one has ever turned around and said nothing to me. Cause why would you? Period. Big V, V out list. No, I think because I'll be back there making some flubs. I went through a, one of the worst weeks. I could not play my instrument. I had an audition the next week, and I was like, Jen, what we finna do? <laughs> I, I I sounded so bad. I, I luckily I, I pulled it together by the concert, but I was like, I don't go through, I don't go through these spells where I look at. I just cannot play my instrument. Like I don't know where anything is. I haven't had that happen in a while, but it's actually very frustrating. Huh. Luckily that's past. I had Sphinx that Sunday. I was like, what are we gonna do? But yeah, I guess it was pet peeves. I don't know Twitter stuff. I don't know what that was, but I was just trying to be nosy. Um, and I was I thought it was like something that you could say, so I was like, I'm gonna say mine. That uh, hot takes or whatever, and then you can say yours. Mm-hmm. And if you're offended, I don't know. You gotta look within. Yeah, I feel like part of it. One of the the root at the root of what I was gonna say is that people be making up stuff to be mad about. Like you really just like they just be making just fabricating it like that lady under your post, you made that up, and now you're mad. <laughs> I was hoping that's not the case, and I'm like, what if it is the case? <laughs> what next? <laughs> and like to be fair, like you don't even know. I don't have anything in my bio that's leading to let you know anything about me. But it's just like that. The fact that you even comment that you don't even know who I am. I could be the New York Phil. I could be Joe Schmo. I could be a busker. I could I could work at Amazon Prime. You don't know anything about me. What? Anyway, let's finish episode so I can hear what she was gonna say about that thing. All right, y'all. We're gonna take a quick break and be back with the topic. Forte is a free alternative to Zoom, purpose built for music teachers. This is what Zoom sounds like. Now listen to the same music recorded on Forte. Just go to ForteLessons.com. That's F-O-R-T-E-L-E-S-S-O-N-S dot com. All right, y'all. So we're back and we are going to talk about this random thing in a sea of words that I picked out. So... Last week, I was listening to an interview um, with Jamel Hill, which I would very highly recommend. Um, her podcast, like she's just a great 
um, journalist. Just really good. Ask good questions. Everything makes sense. I like the way it flows. I was listening to her interview, Dwayne Wade. I was going to say Dwayne Reed. I don't even live in New York. <laughs> I was um, listening to her uh, interview, Dwayne Wade, and it was a very great interview. I highly recommend. And one of the things, she started out with um, sports because Jamel has she used to be a sports anchor on ESPN and she was talking about she was talking to Dwayne about the 2004 Olympics and how the USA lost so basically what happened is it was a team of like all-star players it was like uh Kobe like he took a screenshot it was like Kobe Dwayne LeBron Carmelo like it was like all of the like hot shots of the time that's what they do for the Olympics anyway right and so it was like so like they had this like huge expectation like these these they gonna go to Athens get their little gold medal come back home like they knew it was going to be tea and when they when they went there they got dusted like they um they got the bronze medal behind Italy and Argentina and so it was this huge big deal it was this huge upset especially because what Dwayne was saying is that like America was expected to dominate like they always dominate at the Olympics it was gonna be like an easy breezy thing like we got the baddest uh players in the game for this sport like whatever he was saying there were some things about like teamwork he went on to talk about like he he learned because I guess like there was a documentary that just came out with um with the players so that's why Jamel was interviewing him and how they went back and and had to work on their teamwork and stuff because when Argentina won you could tell that they Argentina was brothers and he was also talking about like how some of the the rules are different too like how you can how if someone makes a basket and it's going around the rim you can knock it off where you can't do that in the NBA and stuff like that the ball is smaller the court's different some stuff like that um so it was a huge upset they came back they they decided to go back at it 2008 they won the gold so even though there were so many topics that really stuck out to me about like well how you how you I mean expectation is healthy but like how you really finna expect somebody to do something like they can't just go and play and then whatever happens happens and that whole conversation about expectation jumped out to me so I thought we could apply it to music so that's what we finna be doing today so uh you want to start Delaney well first um we were going to talk about what are some expectations that we've had um, from other people in different like areas of our life. So the first one is musically. I will say the one I've said this one before, but this kind of came like in college, the expectation of doing music festivals every summer mm-hmm. was something that I was like constantly dodging. Like I was always dodging that question in my lessons and everything mostly in my lessons because who else like I don't really care like somebody on the side like a, another class may ask me where I'm going yeah. like who cares but like dodging that because that's just not I feel like people just don't even consider like do you really think that that's something that I can do every summer yeah like I feel like people that's not even something that crosses people's mind like how am I gonna pay for this with, yeah. like you and then and it's like low-key like a requirement like you gotta when they ask what you finna do over the summer like you need to have something good to say yeah so i mean how many times i go to music festival my first music festival was spoleto but it was mainly because of money 
Um, and musical expectation. I struggle with this because I was like an expectation. Like I feel like in general, like over overall, I feel like my teachers have been pretty easy on me because I I work myself into a tizzy by my own. They don't really got much to do. Um, yeah. but I think let me see. Okay, okay. I think the expectation right now I have is that I take auditions. When I tell you, like, I can't. It's obviously like I'm, I'm grown, very grown, and I realize I'm, I'm good and grown. And it's like I, I could say no, but the expectation is that I take auditions. Like I tried to wiggle myself out of San Diego, and Jen was like, "So, anyway, have a safe flight. Uh-uh. Let me know how it goes." Like it's just like dicks that I, I would say that, and I do feel an expectation to myself from her from people who put time into me not just her to take auditions so I was I was gonna say I don't really have anything but um no like I, I was never ex- I, I feel like music festivals like in your example came up like do you want to go to Swanee like that was always offered to me um and I'm sure like I'm missing something like teachers weren't we weren't just vibing out you know mm-hmm. But and I, I mean, I, and outside of basic expectations, like expectations to practice, yeah. expectations to do well on your recital, and like make it look like you practice it. Like besides those things, like yeah, that's probably the most specific I can think of. Oh yeah, how was your um your flight on Spirit, girl? When I tell, listen, now I feel like okay, it was great. Now. Let me tell you what I liked about it. Okay. I was very shocked. First of all, I feel like God knew exactly what he was doing. My first flight, even though the flight was late, we left late and I got a little, because I had a connecting flight. Luckily, it was one of them deals where, like, it's a spirit terminal, which is crazy. Like, okay, spirit. Um, It's a spirit terminal. So, like, I walked 200 feet to my next gate, four minutes, three minutes type stuff you know so like it wasn't that bad but the first plane I went on was a new plane so I was like oh it's nice in here I don't smell like roaches or nothing and because because I paid for a check bag which is asinine but because I paid $68 for a check bag I was able to board first I was in boarding group one so and there's no one I thought it was gonna be heavily regulated there was no one regulating like what goes in, in the upper thing so my backpack was stuffed to the stars, which is what which is, I think is a downfall of flying spirit, mm-hmm. because you really they really be looking like you know what I'm saying. I put my backpack and my viola in overhead and closed it, so I was just chilling. And then, I, I, but I will say that flight from Las Vegas to Memphis that was not fun because like like I said the the lawn the the chairs give lawn chair. <laughs> like there's there's no padding in the chair so i'm in this plane Not for, four, <laughs> for four hours you know and it's it's a it's a discount plane thing right so we shoulder to shoulder like so i will say that was not great that part but i think you know a little a little hop across the, the you know the little jump to atlanta well atlanta you probably fly delta but you know what mm. i mean like a little charlotte you know a little wherever else spirit go houston i could do it i'm 
not even gonna hold you i feel like that will be my airline of choice for viola now i'm not finna well, hold on now we ain't finna jump into the whale's mouth but i won't cry if spirit was the only option like i did this time okay very surprised they not even a, not even a cup of water they won't give you either i will say that they're not giving you nothing you gotta pay for everything nothing they will not give you anything Wow. You gotta pay for water. I feel like that's pathetic. I'm sorry, like that. Water is crazy. Water is crazy. I'm like, girl, sit here and starve. Like water. Yeah. I mean, um, dang. The reason I thought about you because when you said you flying on spirit, and hopefully you don't become one. <laughs> and because my sister told me over the weekend that pilots they call the passengers souls. Well. And I was like, that's creepy. It's also a little cute, though. Like, are you kidding? Well, I think about it. Like, no, I have thought about it. They told me <laughs> we got we got 150 souls on board. Souls? Why you already call? I'm a person. You are you. <laughs> right, but like, soul is like these are to me soul. When I saw that, I was like, I saw you tweet that, and I was like, let me chew on this because it's like, yes, these are people, but also like these are. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm thinking soul, like your soul that come float up to heaven after you die. See, I and that's what that. I don't want to think about when I get into person. a plane. I'm th- nah, because I think about soul. When I think about souls, I think of the afterlife. I was thinking about how like these are more than just this is not cargo, right? These are like yeah, people, people, right? Passengers. But I, I don't understand what I, what the, what didn't make sense to me is like why did they have to come up with another name when passengers is already a word? Yeah, is like, that a so, hurt airline know. thing or like in general? Cause so I feel like your soul like nah, I, cause especially cause if a plane crash, I feel like your soul not gonna be affected. Your soul is your soul. I need you to understand. I got flesh and bone on me. I wanna I wanna in this plane class. I mean this this plane landing with that too. So. You got 150 oh. skeletons on board. All right. <laughs> is that, a, is like, that a, her, a her airline thing or is that a. I think it's a pilot general? thing. But. I would hate to be a pilot. It looks absolutely terrifying. But, you know, there's this thing in DC, I think it's everywhere, where you could pay. It's like, it's kind of expensive. It's like maybe $150 and you can fly, like they have a plane set up. You can't fly the actual plane, but it's like a simulator where the plane like moves as you move it. I would try that because I want to see what y'all be looking at. Like y'all just looking at openness. It's just open, and you you flying a two ton, three ton thing with people on it, and you. I want to see. I want to see what it's like. Okay. Sorry, I'm off topic. I only said that because you mentioned your audition, so I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> it was cool." And I got off at Terminal One. I mean, I got off at Gate One, which was listen. Nothing worse than you. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a lazy person, but there's nothing worse than been traveling all day. You just want to go home. And you at Gate Forty Eight. <laughs> what? Now we gotta what? All these gates open, and we at the last gate. So we got off at gate one. I said, God smiled on me today. I walked straight down the escalator to my car. Yep. Period. Anyway, um, 
Okay, let's let's shift gears. What is um what is a societal expectation that that you feel and have you met it? What was the other one? It was have you met it and what I didn't write it down. And do you care to? And do you care to? Um Let's see. I feel like I feel like a lot of societal expectations are shifting because yeah. Um, look at the marriage one. You said staying what? married. I said like, oh. even look at the marriage one, like in staying married specifically. Yeah, I think partly because like it's just not feasible for a lot of people. Like, um, you know, especially like things that require money, like how people are having less kids or, or not mm-hmm. having kids at all, and. I mean, I don't want kids, so that don't apply to me. But, you know, just even things like that, like, um, like, for example, oh, I saw somebody tweet the other day, like, oh, how y'all 18 plus with no car, like, because we can't buy one. Because cars are expensive, you dimwit. Like, come on. And then then was in the comments talking about, oh, well, she totaled two cars before the one she had now. I'm like, so you can't even keep a car. So what you talking about? (laughs) What she talking about? We we don't got no car for it. Like, I feel like that's something like people just kind of like assume. It's like it's hard for me to get places, mm-hmm. like <laughs> especially LA, very yeah. car centric. Like not having your your own car. Like, so I feel like just everything, especially here, is like kind of built around that, and it doesn't really seem like a big deal. But like when you're just in everyday thing it is mm-hmm. I think a societal one that I've shared with Delaney um, at this point in my life I'm not really I don't feel the pressure to buy a house I'm quite old not, I'm not quite old <laughs> I, I'm not quite old but like I you know I'm pushing 30 and I don't really damn no I'm just kidding <laughs> right I'm just kidding. you see what I'm saying my knees be cracking <laughs> Um, I don't feel, I don't feel the, the want, I haven't had the want rather to purchase a house. And every time I say this, like people question it, which I mean, I feel it's reasonable. Like you should want to, you should want to own a house that builds equity. But my thing is like, there's more ways to have equity. And two is my current apartment has made me realize I'm not ready for a house because I live in a mini house and I'm just too jumpy for that. And three, like, I just want to be where I am, where I want to be financially and have achieved certain things before I look into buying property. And also, like, low-key want to build a house. So it's like, I'd rather just wait. I like apartments. I like when stuff breaks. I don't have to pay for it. And, like, yeah, you have to deal with, like, people around you. Like, my last upstairs neighbor was interesting. She was hardly there, but when she, it was a lot. But, um, so that was whatever, but, like, I really haven't had a bad apartment situation. Let me knock on wood. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna kind of do it. But also, like, I see the value in it. I mean, I just had a friend, an associate, closing a house recently. My friend Eileen, we wasn't out of ISU two years before she bought a house. She has income properties. Like, I feel I see the value in it for sure. But that's not something that I feel pressured to to do. Dang. I don't feel pressure to buy a house, but I want one. So like, I don't yeah. feel pressure for out outside to buy one. Mm-hmm. But I just want I want a house because I don't like mo- I don't like just like I just want this is mine and I I'll, yeah. I'll never have to leave here. You yeah, know, I feel that. like 
and also like i don't know i've just been like around it like my i grew up in a house and that yeah. my mom had had since she was how my mom got her house <laughs> get on my nerves anyway <laughs> and i certainly like i said like down the road i want one but like my friends my friends are looking at houses like they are like my one of my friends and her partner are looking at houses my friend i, mean, I just, am too but i can't afford them <laughs> okay but like they they try to figure out like where they want to live and like what's worth it and what's in between like he works from home and she has to go to a certain suburb but they don't want to they want to be in the city what are they gonna do and then my friend just moved to dc he's talking about like, well i'm gonna buy a house like so they're around me these conversations are happening and i'm like that's crazy i just paid my rent like I was not phased by it. I'm not really interested. Um, and I didn't realize I felt like this until I moved here. And I was like, um, I, I could do apartments for a little longer. Okay, the next one is career. Um, I'm not, I'm not thinking hot. It's fine. Um, I would say. Oh well, one career expectation that people expect is that I have a nine to five, and <laughs> I do not want to meet that expectation at all. <laughs> like, I don't like. I just I don't want a job. Like I don't want a job, and I just don't. I don't see myself in a nine to five. Like I just, it's so annoying to me. I can't. I y'all gonna think it's real bad, but like I do not feel like. Like, I want to move forward. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I have a nine to five, like, it's just not worth it. Like, I cannot imagine working that much. Yeah. Or on that schedule. Like, I feel like maybe if I worked that much, but it was a little, you know, it was a little bit more, like, spread out. But, like, it's just, uh, I've worked the nine, nine to five before. It's just, like, by the time you get home, like, yeah. it's ready to eat and go to bed. Like. <laughs> Like, mm -mm, I just, yeah. I mean, just, it's not mine, but like, I don't, it's orchestra's not nine to five, right? Technically. Nah. I feel like orchestra's the most, orchestra's the most organized I can get when it comes to working. Like, that's probably about as much as I got left. I feel like I did teaching 7.30 to 3.00. You know, and you're right. Like, by the time you get home, you have nothing left to give, you know. And I also don't like routine. Well, (laughs) let me not say that. I don't like doing the same thing every day. Mm. And I was actually having a conversation. It's so funny how, how, like, different I feel for my family. Because I remember, like, over the summer, like, we we were at a barbecue. And they was talking about, like, I was like, I don't know how y'all do that. Like, I don't like doing the same thing every day. And my and my cousin, who's um, my cousin Nadia, who has been on the show. No, she did something else. Anyway, on our she was talking about how, yeah, she was talking about how she likes doing the same thing every day because you know what to expect, and it's how it's not exact. And my uncle's like, well, it's not exactly the same thing because I might have a meeting with this person, and then I have a meeting with this person that might help. And he does IT, so he's like, and I can help this person solve this problem. I'm like, but you still have to go to the building every day, like. That's the part I don't like. Like, I I was telling them like, I like I gotta teach this day, and then I be here this day. I'm working on YouTube this day. I'm orchestra this day, and then 
I mean, we could we could save the Friday night rehearsal. So I ain't even gonna hold you, but we got or we got you know what I'm saying. And we got a concert this day. Like no day looks the same. I really like that. Like I need that. I crave that because one thing that I didn't even have this language in 2016. I didn't. Even, I just knew I wanted to go to Eastman, but I didn't even realize that. Like I was like, there's no way I could teach for the rest of my career <laughs> like I didn't even realize I didn't even realize like what it was like I just felt like unfulfilled I'm like we do the same thing and my kids were great and I enjoy I enjoy teaching of course like I talk about that a lot but I, there's no way I could do the same thing every day so I resonate with that and yeah. it's so funny you should call me one day I was walking into a school and he was like I was called he's running errands I guess he was like I was calling to see if you were lounging and I was like it's so funny how y'all interpret my schedule as lounging because when you call me in the middle of the day you know I'm I'm in bed uh. it's like but when you when you go, it's just like it's just so funny how you all view. It's like I I have rehearsal tonight at seven thirty. While you drawing your sheet and heating up your TV dinner, I have to work. <laughs> but it's like because I'm not, it's not structured. Because it's like I work this day, I don't work that day. Every day my mom calls me in the morning and she see me in bed. Oh, you go relaxing today? Ina, there's not one day I get to relax. <laughs> what are you talking about? But um. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle because like I can't do monotony like I don't know I cannot fathom I know that it's a it's a cultural like um not cultural like a generational thing about staying mm-hmm. at jobs because they was just talking about that at Thanksgiving how Gen Z with the job hoppers he was like my um my stepdad was like they get one little inconvenience and they quit the job and I was like period like y'all be like nah <laughs> like but he like, be like inconvenience and it's like somebody called you the n-word okay no <laughs> No, like, like, so for example, like, they don't want to, they were like, they was like, oh, they don't want to work weekends. You tell them to come in Saturday, they'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. And they'll go find another job. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't want to. That's the thing. I feel like, you know, and part of it is like, because we've had to do like so many like people before us have had to do things that they don't want to do, but it's like, they almost feel like they never stop and realize like, yes, there are some things that you have to do that you don't want to do. But there are also some things that you don't want to do that you don't have to do. You have to like stop and think, hmm, what's gonna happen if I don't do this? Yeah. You know, like they don't they don't really have that. I feel like yeah. they don't do that as as often, and they perceive it as lazy. But I'm like, it's really just I'm choosing my happiness. Like, yeah. why do stuff that I don't have to do? And and uh, uh, my mom be saying like, oh well, I mean you're gonna have to do stuff you don't want to do anyway. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, so why not just wait until. I have to. Why would I pre yeah. do stuff I don't want to do when I know it's coming yeah. anyway? I'm gonna just do it then. Like, but and I also um, think it's to what degree to what to your point because it's like what I really want to do is play the viola, make content, and pick my belly button all day. Oh, <laughs> like, like I just want to lay in a bed. When I tell you the past three days, I've been horizontal. That's what I want to do. I don't want to teach all day. But, like, I enjoy it. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to what mm-hmm. degree am I not wanting? You know, like, y'all be wanting us. You got to do stuff you don't want to do. And it's, like, terrible things. Yeah, it's, like. And why I say I'm in the middle is because, like, I can't have, like, too much. Like, that's the reason why I don't like gigging. Because uh-huh. it's too much. Like, it's a different location. It's a different. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Um, like, where I'm like a park, who's gonna be there? Like I just don't, I don't like yeah. gigging for that reason. Um, especially because of like, if if I were to like be a musician, that's my main thing, and I would have to gig a lot. Like that's what I don't like. Yeah. I don't understand some people have recurring gigs. That's like, like for example, you could view teaching as a, a recurring gig yeah. for you. 
So like that type of stuff, I'm okay with. But when it's like one off concert here, one off concert there, like I I don't like it. I like yeah. I'm playing at this hall with these people. I know where to park. I know where to think. I know how long I'm. I know how far I'm have to bring my base to get yeah. in. That's I know funny. how many flights of stairs there are. I know where the elevator. Like it's just I I don't like that. I um, feel feel the same if you play a different instrument. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit removed, but like even so, I feel like oh okay. Also, because driving gives me a bit of anxiety, and so I just don't like. You know, I can't really like when people are looking for somewhere while they're driving. Like that type of stuff makes me too nervous. Mm-hmm. So I like being at a known location. I like being at home. That's what I like being. <laughs> But um, but also yeah, I can't do the monotony like how people stay at the same job for thirty years. My mom is hitting thirty years at her job, really thirty one, and my stepdad's like thirty five or thirty six years. I'm like at the same job. That's amazing. I I was girl. I was as I've been like two years and be like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> I, need to, I need to get out of here. <laughs> but I think time starts to pass you by. Like you just look up. And it's you know what I'm saying, and I just I just that's not for me. Like I but just, when I think about something you like to do. Like for example, like this next year I hit three years on YouTube. Where did three years go? That's something we, you like, you know. But the, and then that's but that's the thing. That's one thing where it's like the format is kind of consistent, but it evolves over time. That's what I like. What I'm liking about you know starting my little thing is like all the videos that you're working on is going to be a different situation. You're not making the same thing every video. You know, mm-hmm. like, and then some of your videos, oh, you going here, you're traveling, you're going, like, it's just different stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see how YouTubers who have been doing YouTube for, like, a long time, how their channel, like, grows and the different stuff that they kind of, like, start doing. Mm-hmm. So I like stuff like that. And then even Classically Black, like. Class- right, Classically Black's five years. What did five years go? Four. It's four. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, even like but we've done like you know kind of different stuff every episode is different we're getting creative with it i do feel i've like it's time for something for classically black but i don't know what and i'm not gonna force it because it works you know mm-hmm. but i'm just thinking like you know shake it up like but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what yet so we're we not gonna force it but um but i'm not bored with i'm still not bored mm-hmm. with classically black it's consistent it's been consistent for a long time and i'm not bored so i think i can do stuff like that where it's like classically black is not my full-time thing but it's a long running thing that has variation within it mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if we were a daily podcast like what we had daily i don't understand how people do daily podcasts i feel like well i guess i feel like you have to record in the morning plan in the afternoon record in the morning i guess the only people i could see doing daily podcasts is like news That's it. I'm trying to think of what else. I, I, I remember you. I'd be forgetting you can't see me. Well, there's um, there's also different types of news. So you could be a pop culture podcast, but you're talking about, you know, news. But it's yeah, like celebrity news. Every day. But they interview somebody every day or used to. That's a shame. But okay. <laughs> I like some of the, but it depends who's on. I do. I will watch, you know, more now because I used to not at all. Charlemagne was freaking insufferable. And yeah, um, also, like, I came on the I came on the tail end of that. But after he stopped being like that, you know, yeah, I never, he's I gotten never a lot better. Early. Yeah, I never watched early Charlemagne, so I wouldn't know. He's so he was so disrespectful. And then after DJ Envy, I had DJ to be off the birth- idiot. 
Yeah, he was talking about oh the cop was justified when he killed that that fourteen year old black girl. Because she, saying, she had a like, butter knife. I'm like, somebody needs to be his ass behind that. I'm sorry. Like, why would you ever say that? You, you also have children of your own. And he was saying that. He's like, well, if it was my kids that she was like, I'm like, a butter knife, bro? And she had to die over that? Are you kidding? Like, yeah. He sucks. Yikes. A career expectation. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't really have any. I don't really feel. Well, I was thinking about one for you, but it actually kind of bleeds into the next one. So, I feel like a career expectation is gonna sound really. I really hate. I feel like I'm a, okay. How do I say this without? Let me not say that. Okay, let me think of another one. <laughs> Cause I can't. I don't want to say. That. I don't want to come off the wrong way. Yeah. Okay, so let me think. Career expectation for Viola. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty down bad when it comes to certain things. Like, I feel like the expectations that Viola has for me. I Oh, girl, why are you lying? Let me say that. I was going to say, I feel like I meet all of them. Like, I was going to say, like, um, I know one that's one that is disputed is like we did a we did a side by side and I just feel like there's a certain like orchestral like courtesy things that like that that's an expectation that I like just because it works it's a system like a very small example is like I should like me as an outside player should I be marking me as an outside player even if I'm even if I am marking I don't mind marking it's not you know, I'm not just gonna sit there all the time. But it's like, you, you as an inside player, there are bowlings that are changing in the front. You don't even crank your neck to see what's going on. I gotta get up and find out what's going on. Like, I, 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 I like stuff like that. It's just like, I like going to, you know, when I go to MSO under normal circumstances, it's like that's already. If I'm inside, I'm looking. If I'm outside, like, I'm holding the stand while you writing. Like, so when we did a side by side, and I sat with like a student, I was like. I miss this like so there's certain stuff but I would say one thing that the girls will fight me on I love a good break and I feel like the expectation is to not take breaks and I used to give in to that and I, it's just not sustainable for me I know Katie very well I'm with her all the time and I know what works for me now sometimes I overdo it I will say that but like there has never been a time I took a break and I came back not sounding better not sounding refreshed like I just broke my break today. It was a pretty long break. I think it was, um, <clears throat> I think it was 10 days, 11 days. Meanwhile, I have an audition in two weeks. But up until that point, I have literally have been nonstop. It's like three auditions, like orchestra, teaching practicing i was practicing on sundays y'all know i don't practice on sundays i was practicing on tuesdays i don't practice on tuesdays because tuesdays is, is my busy day tuesdays i go from tuesdays i go from like it's like it's a block from like 11 to 7 i'm driving back and forth i'm doing all this stuff so i don't when i get home i don't practice i was practicing on tuesdays i was practicing on friday after friday nights me katie friday night practicing it was it's been weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of that so it's like i need to take a break and i did and um, I will literally never 
not what what God has for me is for me. So I'm not gonna worry. Now obviously he can't put the viola in my hand. I understand it, but like I know how I get when I get burnt out and I I can't afford to be burnt out at this stage in the game. I have to take yeah. auditions, I have to do that. So I'm going to mediate that. I said I wanted to be off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for Thanksgiving week. That's what I did. And I came back today and would you look at would, would you know? Bartok still sound good. Don't tell Jen. Cause she, you know, she don't really like that. I fixed some stuff with Mozart 35, which y'all have children playing. Like it, it like the world kept spinning around and I did not feel guilty about it. So you would literally never now. Well, should I take a three month break? Be like, oh, you know what? No, but I wouldn't <laughs> even do it. I wouldn't even do that. First of all, I, I hate doing stuff like that. Cause my fingers feel like Play-Doh. But I jumped right back in the game today. We back. She back. Period. And I'm practicing tomorrow on a Sunday. Crazy, but I have to. Okay, family. What you got? I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm grown, so it's like I'm like I be kind of going back and forth about talking about family. Mm-hmm. Um, but my cousin on her YouTube channel was talking about that book that Mara has the something about having emotionally immature parents <laughs> and I was like okay well if she put that on the internet I, I guess I'm fine because like oh my mom would be so pissed if I did that but um about family I would just say that the expectations in terms of like what is said and like the actions don't be lining up because I always hear like, well, you know, it's, it is okay. I don't care if you make mistakes and da, da, da. But I feel like in my experience, a certain family member has, tr- like, cannot leave well enough alone. Like, when you do something that it may not be the perfect way of doing it, but is it the end of the world if you don't point that out to me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's sort of, it's sort of like that. I feel like so it feels like an expectation to not make mistakes to be perfect and it's just like like i don't even know like i don't even know like what's um actually one example that's coming to mind i don't want to say but like it'd be stuff that's like it's really not even going to be the end of the world if i do this the wrong way or if i wait an extra day to do something that yeah maybe i should have did it yesterday but like who who cares yeah <laughs> like like i just don't like when you when people cannot leave well enough alone it's fine like it's fine but i feel like that's um that creates an expectation the when when things are constantly being pointed out to you that you've done wrong it creates like one expectation to be perfect and then also makes you second guess yourself i feel uh, like almost constantly like i'm always forgetting something like i'm always mm doing something wrong like i feel like that's the reason why i'll be like not starting stuff or like whatever because i'll be like well i I need to make sure i know every single thing and like Mm -hmm. i can't like learn along the way because it's like i'm always missing something or there's one piece of information that i don't have that's you know it's like that so i feel like it's like a ripple effect that those types of expectations do Mm -hmm. um I think for me, like, I remember <clears throat> I was listening to I've, Hey Friend Hey and, like, Takia and Jada Vall Jade. They did a collaboration with Target, 
and it talks about intersectionality and Fran like she's Dominican she um kind of grew up a little bit like her mom she's first gen and she kind of grew up in like poverty a little bit like in in the Bronx and so she was talking about her experience and she was talking about how like or I think it was Scotty Beam whoever she interviewed but they were talking about it together about how like lonely it can feel to be the first person in your family to do something or to do it a certain way and I really have been chewing on that because it's like the way my family has no idea what I got going on and I think they try to understand it best as possible but like even even when they realize they don't understand something they still like insert these expectations and it's like even though like I don't really pay much attention to it especially like recently in the past um in the past like one thing I've said like in the past couple of years I've been like I stopped taking advice now obviously I would take a little bit of advice for certain things but there have been there was a huge repercussion for advice that I took from a family member last year and it wasn't obviously their fault entirely but if if I did it the way that I said I was going to do it it wouldn't have happened and I'm talking around a huge thing but I'm not gonna say my business obviously like I would literally never tell y'all my business like that but I had a a huge repercussion to something that I should not have taken advice from and I said like listen at that time I was 28 I was like I'm not taking advice like I would obviously like certain things I would take advice for but like if I know how to I'm gonna do something some way I'm gonna do it and um I had this expectation like my grandma she'll either ask me or she'll ask my mom because she don't want to ask my grandma no, I'm gonna get a little attitude with her I think she peeped that because she do too much sometimes she do it's like when is Katie gonna get a job it's it's time for her to start saving and it's like one what have I ever when have you ever seen a bank statement how do you know my saving <laughs> two what have I ever asked you for money let me knock on wood because you know life happens and three it's like I have a job I have never asked you for money. I have I have a job. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You think I just sit around all day? Like, and it's just like when Fran said like how lonely it could be. It's like y'all not even really even trying to figure out what I got going on. I stopped telling my family about auditions. Like I literally, I feel like I always cave into my mom because I feel she deserves to know. My mom is super supportive. My mom's always like, "Well, you'll try again next time." And, and you're going to get it. And I really hate telling her that because I don't want her to be disappointed. But it's just like, I'm not going to get the first audition I take. I mean, maybe, but like, that's not how really it tip. It works for some people, but that's not really what it's going to give for me. And it's like, I tell my mom out of courtesy, I was cave and tell her out of courtesy because um, I feel like you should know if I'm across the country. Um, She also has my location on. She was like, I saw you went to Target today. I'm like, that wasn't the purpose of me sharing my location. Um, but like I stopped telling my family that I have auditions because there's an expectation that I should get it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's just like so much more. It was just so much more freeing. Like I'm in San Diego and you think I'm in Memphis. And also I'd stop doing it for other reasons. Like if I, if I keep do- going to a certain amount of auditions, you're going to be like, so when are you going to switch paths? I've had my cousin oh. who I'm very close to ask me, so what's the backup plan? I'm like, there is no backup plan. I'm going to get an orchestra job. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just like, that's incredibly isolating, incredibly lonely to be wanting to do this thing and you believe in this thing. And the expectation is that you should have been doing something else or like you should have, if you was going to do this thing, you should have got it already or whatever. So that's, that's a whole nother thing. But like, um, I don't, I, I keep my business, my business. I, this, I, honestly, this whole 
process has really made me very insular like I really just don't even be sharing my business like that like I'll see you at the holidays and I'll see you on FaceTime you don't have to really know the details because you're not you're not gonna really you're not gonna help me mm-hmm. and you can't help me and you're not really even trying to understand because it doesn't look like you know my cousin's a social worker my other cousin's a therapist my other cousin uh you know what what the code to do i don't know what the code to do but people have nine to fives you know and i'm trying to do this thing you don't you don't even get it so there's really no even point of trying to explain yeah i feel like um dang i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> dang you saying um man nah i lost it oh well i said stuff about how lonely it could be doing the being the first person to do something in your family not telling your family about stuff because it could oh i remember what n- me not telling like has sometimes i don't tell because it's always like i know it doesn't come from a place of like you suck but like the constant like unsolicited advice and the well here's a tip it makes it seem like whenever i get something it's like oh why don't you do this and why aren't you doing it this way and did it, like I remember the first time classically black got paid to speak somewhere I said it and then I'm just saying my mom was like because <laughs> I was like I don't want, I really don't want to make my mom is like very nice she's a very nice woman <laughs> like she, I don't want to make it seem like she's not like a great my mom has always has always supported me we got you know we got but like overall yeah like overall like my mom is like has always 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 been there for me for when you know when it when it matters um Mm -hmm. but was like oh you're not playing well why aren't you playing well and like and like and why isn't it this and why aren't you doing it that way and never said congratulations and after that i was like i'm not i'm not gonna say anything but what that has done is now i feel like i almost have to report what i do because there's almost a perception that i don't do anything like how yeah. you said when it, like, they just think you're lounging around i'm just like do you really think i'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs all day yeah. like i almost feel like it, it it doesn't feel good to share things when you feel like it's a like it's a report you're proving something yeah you know like so that's what how I, I gotta find the balance between like saying what I do and not saying what I do because yeah. it don't even sound like it don't sound like I'm sharing it with you because I'm happy about it it mm-hmm. sounds like I'm sharing it with you to prove that I'm not wasting time yeah so and the thing is like you you do music you freelance and stuff like that and it's just like it's like you that you gotta prove that it's like but I bet you if you would like if you were a nurse and you were speaking at a nursing conference or whatever, it would be like, oh, like, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, that's yeah. something that's familiar. I don't got to like, submit my, my patient's blood test results to prove. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, when you do different stuff, it's just like, sometimes it don't even be worth it, to be honest. Yeah. That's not to say, like, families aren't supportive or whatever, but it's just like. like I think. Oh, go ahead. No, nah, I was gonna say like you shame you and I were in grad school at the same time. You was in law school, I was at Eastman at the same time. We graduated at the same time. And you called me at ten o'clock in the middle of the day. You think I'm lounging? <laughs> I think some of it is probably like they because they're so unfamiliar with the path, they don't know what's a win and what's not. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that might that's yeah. also part of it. Like 
for this like you going on this audition you get to the second round but you didn't get it they thinking you didn't get it but you thinking i got to the second round like you know right that's a that's a win (laughs) right so girl we gonna see um okay and the last one expectation you have for yourself man have you met it do you care so to be fair there have been many expectations you know like along the way things that i wanted to do that i have that i have done you know but Mm -hmm. I have a, I think I've said it before. I have a really bad habit of thinking of goals as in goal and not goal. Even if it's progress, still not goal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so like, I, it's hard for me to be happy about things along the way. And I feel like I don't, I have an expectation to be like good at things like quickly and all the mm-hmm. time. And I have not met that expectation and I never will, to be honest. I need to change the expectation, you know, because I've just got comfortable like, Delaney the backspace button exists for a reason like not writing stuff because I'm like well I need to write it in my head first or you can just write it on a piece of paper and backspace it if you don't want to keep it yeah like it's you know but like I need to get more comfortable with learning along the way I think mine is very similar to you like in in that like I, I expect things to happen like right away and I've been having I feel like because my main thing is like it happens for other people right away so why am i an exception it's like this girl that i went to split with she's in a minnesota orchestra that was like she just graduated from juilliard why she you know what i'm saying why she gotta and it's like obviously i'm happy for the girl that's not what i'm saying if you think i'm not happy for her like you you are choosing to misunderstand me what i'm saying is that it's like why I gotta take ten thousand auditions and she gets on the first try? Like it, it, it happens for people on the first try. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like expectation expectation I have for myself is to like hurry up and get there. And it's like I think like the most peace I I find is when I remind myself to chill, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I feel like that's how I've, I've I think for the past three weeks like I I was really tense like for maybe like the past couple of months like didn't really have an appetite wasn't really whatever and like ever i just been i'm not gonna go into the details of what happened but like i've been real chill and like it's just like yeah i have this audition coming up i'm just I could, all i could do is play and we're gonna go to the next thing it's like i got this thing i got this crazy day coming up all i could do is this thing because it's like it's going to happen how it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen and it's gonna be so much better than you could ever think it's gonna be so you just gotta it's the in between where you gotta whatever and i was watching i'm i'm, I'm not on the patreon because the reese patreon a little pricey i mean they deserve it they've been around for like 10 years whatever it's a little pricey so i ain't paying for that <laughs> but i watched a portion of an interview with kid fury and he was like the biggest advice i could give to my younger self is to chill like chill out like it's okay to struggle it's okay to be broke for a little bit like it's just like it doesn't mean that it's not an indica- it's not an indication that you're not doing the right thing like or you're like you're you're a failure and i was like i had to write that down like that was so profound to me i know he he literally said how do i describe kid fury curse words my dog and i was like all right like you know he's gonna joke around but like that was so and he even what's funny to me is he even said like 
I want to say something profound with a lot of syllables, but like all I can say is to chill. And it's like, yeah, like what your failures and and whatever is not an indication you're doing the wrong thing or you're on the wrong path. So uh, I be trying to chill, and also I be like, girl, like it's gonna kind of go into our last point. It's like you kind of did some stuff, like you get so used to like focusing on the negative stuff. It's just like girl be for real like you could do anything be for real at least you know what i'm saying like yeah like um one thing kobe talked about is like a bronze medal is nothing to spit at like a bronze medal like first of all for you to even be on that team it took all the best basketball players in 2004 in the country and it puts y'all on the team so even to be on that olympic team like y'all did that and then you go, then you go, and you play all these teams, the best in the world, the best teams in the world. You played them, and you got a bronze medal, and you were you were upset with that. And it's just like, I feel like expectations have a tendency to make you be ungrateful as well, because it's like, yeah, I wanted this thing, but like, look at what you got, like. I really sat up there and was like, dang, I, I graduated from Eastman with nothing to show for it. A degree from Eastman. I said that the other day. <laughs> you have a degree from Eastman. I was like, like 24 that's trips around the sun. Nothing to, <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing to show you for know, it. Okay, girl, you're not in the May. You don't want to be over there. No way. It's like, be for real. Like, it makes you ungrateful, I feel like. Too many expectations. Hey, I feel bad. Like, I get, I mean, yeah. It really humbles yourself. You be like, I remember I was talking to Amari. I'm planning something, and he was like, I was like, yeah, I got this presidential award at the university, but like whatever. And like it was like a no big thing, whatever. He was like, girl, how many people went to your university? And I was like, yeah, it was like me and ten other people, but like I really, I just took the award and like went on with it. Like I didn't whatever. It's like twenty four thousand people go to ISU. Let me find out. Katie was at the White House. Okay. Period. The president of Illinois State University. Oh. Um, <laughs> and like I don't, I don't know whether it's. Oh, I do. I was gonna say I don't know where that certificate is, but it, it's in my teaching portfolio. But it's just like I never, I have not ever thought about it until I had a conversation with Amari last week. I have not thought about it since, and it's like, how ungrateful is that? You would tell the people of the whole giant. That is ungrateful. Cause what? It wasn't what? It wasn't a orchestra job. Dang. What it wasn't? It wasn't a million dollars. That is ungrateful. I be checking myself sometimes. I'm like, girl, get yeah. a grip. I love saying that to myself. And it's a, there's a balance though, because you can't. I I don't like to invalidate my feelings. Yeah, I feel like it. Uh, that's why I be like, dang. Like, I mean, I could see how it is ungrateful, but at the same time, it's like because it makes you feel so bad, like. I feel like saying it's ungrateful be making me feel like, dang, even worse. <laughs> okay, how we get there? You like that girl on Twitter. How we get there? Because, like, because you are, it's not like, like, you already feel like you're falling short of something. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. but but I do understand, like, how it could be ungrateful, like, all of this stuff that you that you've gotten. But also, it's stuff like that, that saying that's like, oh, you're only as good as your last, like, whatever like you know that i feel like that really eats into people's stuff because when you said that like it sounds ridiculous if y'all literally got bronze at a freaking olympic 
like thing but i'm like if i was on the team i would probably feel the exact same way because i didn't yeah. come here for a bronze medal like yeah. <laughs> i came here for gold <laughs> but and that's why like i remember i was telling you before we recorded like people simone was simone Biles. her first olympics she like fell on the beam um and in the finals and she was so happy with her little silver medal and people are like how do you feel with the silver she's like I literally went to my first Olympics and cleared it out with one and, and a silver medal. Like, girl, I feel great. And yeah. it, like, really humbled me because it's like we expected her to get full straight um, gold. And she's like, I'm happy with this. Like, are y'all good? This is the Olympics. This is like er- everybody in the world flipping and I'm on the top. Yeah. Like, But I but I also could see, like, you, you know, everyone's projecting Simone is like, literally the best gymnast in the world, most decorated. I could, I could, I could see being disappointed. Like you know, I wanted a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. But is that selfish? Why do you need a clean sweep? I don't know. I don't know if it's selfish, but I feel like it is. Like, like you would be, you'd be ridiculous not to feel happy about where yeah. you, where you are. But I, I mean, I'm ridiculous frequently. So, okay. I feel like, but yeah, I feel like, cause my mom was just saying that she, cause she sometimes dip into classical like, and she was like, I wish you and Katie could see, like, you guys need to understand all the stuff that you guys have done and all this stuff. And then like, I was talking to somebody about classically black and they're like 200 something episodes, like four years, like what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> I think it's also like for me what okay also i'll be going through stuff so like sometimes i'll be like dang i luckily i haven't been there in a minute but um i i hate feeling like a fraud so it's like if i know like yeah i don't want to use cosplay as an example because i don't want to disrespect the people that are listening right now but like it's like girl you done did this thing like especially when you go to church listen church folks girl like for okay i'll use something that i'm proud of but like girl we see you down at the grammys you in the grammys girl and it's like i'm not a voting member and and it's like that's ridiculous to say you are literally a part of the academy like that is incredible but it's like for me it's like i I don't vote and it's like literally amari was like okay and how many people listen you want to you want a word talk tomorrow and how many people they picked that are not because it's true but it's like i hate feeling yeah. fraudulent i hate putting on a front like yeah girl i'm, I'm down there at the academy yo they calling me yo like yeah. on my, and this is like i want you to know what it is like it's not what you think it is because y'all on the outside looking in like i know the behind the scenes i know the behind yeah. the scenes and it's really not that pretty like <laughs> i'm telling you yeah. and that's why I, I tweeted that a while ago about like how imposter syndrome will do that to you because I have imposter syndrome down. It is honestly like crippling. Like there's so many things I can't. I would be on the moon right now if I didn't have it. I'm convinced because there are so many things I simply have not done because I like I'm just like I feel like oh someone else could do it better or like somebody else could like I just feel like I'm not the it's not gonna be perfect and it's not gonna be the absolute best so why try like but it's like i i feel like part of it is because like i know me and i know that while i'm not going to put something out 
in public that I'm not proud of, I'm afraid that I won't get something that I'm proud of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to try to do it, and, and it's still like, yeah, nobody's going to see it, but you know that you tried it, and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. You know? But I feel like imposter syndrome, yeah, it, it, like, makes your reality, like, you don't be seeing stuff the way that it really is. Mm-hmm. Because I would notice that, like, I'm seeing people around me that's, like, my age where I'm, like, all the people around me they're doing all these amazing things and it just seems like they're just going up and up and up and i'm like so if you're around people who are going up and up and up and you're going and you're you're consistently around them you were around them five years ago when they were going up and up and up and now it's five years later and they're up and they're still going up and up and up what does that imply about what you're doing if they was going up and up and up and you were staying down you wouldn't be here exactly like it, but it does not register <laughs> like <laughs> it's like that doesn't make any sense if you're constantly around people that's doing the good things what is that just in your brain like what does that mean that you're doing right you're not the only one so you're the only dud that they let in here everybody else is amazing but just you like it doesn't make any logical sense so that's all we want now we wanted to go into other people's brains see how you feeling because like, you feel how i feel Ain't no way. Like, we gonna see, girl. Yeah, but try a little gratitude. I'm gonna try. I'm trying. Cause I know every 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 day that you wait, that's another. It's it's wasted. So you might as well. I might as well start working towards it now. I don't know like I've never you just, you just gotta do it like you just, you just override that in your brain just do stuff I found I, 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 it was a good uh, quote that I heard recently it was the best the best antidote for fear is competence you know how to do it you know mm-hmm. like make yourself you know how to do it so what are you afraid for you right. know so we gonna see yeah, y'all let us know what you think about this conversation chime in we want to hear from you say something to us and we are moving on <clears throat> alright y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because it's room for everyone at the top this week I'm talking about Lavrik Gary the third he's a bass trombone player and he is a Margie and Will Bracken fellow with the um Minnesota Two Lit Orchestra. <laughs> he's a native of Atlanta and sorry, he's a native of Atlanta. And he began his studies at the Atlanta Symphony Talent Development Program. As a fellow, he studied with members of the Atlanta Symphony like Nathan Zonk and uh Brian Hecht. Um, he got his bachelor's degree from the Schwab. I never want to say that Schwab School of Music at Columbus State University. Um, and he was a finalist of the American Trombone Workshop National Solo Competition in 2017 and 2019. And he's also performed several concerts with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Uh, Gary the Third has all has also had other opportunities um to be a part of, including multiple recording projects. Um including one which is featured with the quartet on ash sorry which quartet 
on the latest part oh keep reading the latest project of the new york philharmonics associate principal trombone colin williams and additionally he can be heard the Columbus state university's trombone ensemble's recent album full tilt uh he enjoys playing sorry he enjoys teaching and is currently a trombone and bass trombone teaching artist with the atlanta music project shout out to lavrick period and your trombone and your bass trombone in Big Lavery, not the little. <laughs> um, my piece this week, I think I've had it maybe a long time ago. It's called Rounds for String Orchestras by David Diamond. It's a hard piece. We had to play it. One of, one of our um, our orchestra teachers, string orchestra teachers in high school, overestimated us because it was it was okay, not overestimated no, because we had two we had two string orchestra teachers and they alternated and they had different repertoire. So we had mm-hmm. one on Monday, one on Wednesday. So it was like, you know, and it, this is a hard piece. So I'll link it in the description so y'all can listen to it. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellent suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, send it to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you are black, join ISBM. We are four ninety nine, and we are black. At IS Black Musicians on social media, isblackmusicians.com. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye, y'all. Bye.